Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Briales, and I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? Everything's well, man. How things are you, man? Man, all is well as well, my brother. <laughs> I'm good. also pleased to announce this is a long overdue interview. I'm so excited for this one. We have a special guest, David Vincevanga. Did I get the last name right? You you did a good job. You yes. really did. You actually yes. that's that's much better than phonetically it just makes sense. So Bensavanga. So you got right. it right. Um yeah, long overdue and just appreciate the opportunity uh, to jump on here with these fine fathers and these gentlemen. So looking forward to the conversation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, man. Uh, you know, how many kids you got, what are the ages, and also what do you do for a living or for a purpose? Okay. Uh, yeah, so I just just got in the major leagues of now I have three kids. So yeah. I have um, just a newborn as of July 1st, um, a blessing. Um, so I have three kids, uh, my son, who is seven, my daughter, who is turning five in October. So she is four and just had a newborn. So been in fatherhood for a little bit, but still learning and growing um, and um, yeah, that's my purpose. If you're talking about purpose is being a father. Um, my other calling is I am a teacher. So I've been working with young people for quite some time. Um, worked in Chicago Public Schools for 15 years. Worked in a school called Ryan Bates Academy for a couple of years and um, moving on to a new school. So that, that is my calling. I believe wholeheartedly in investing in young people and education is um, at its essence, I think the foundation of almost all things. We are all teachers and we all educate, um, and especially as fathers. So that is who I am. That's good stuff. Welcome, Mr. B. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mr. B is what <laughs> Now, I've had the, ple the pleasure of working with Mr. B for a little bit. Um, can you talk about how being an educator has prepared you for fatherhood, or is there some, some correlation between the two? Yeah. Um, so first off, so so being an educator definitely has in the sense of I have friends and colleagues who they don't ever go to the what I like to call the kid world. Right. They don't really interact. They once they have their first child, it is really a, um, a huge transition because they're not used to kids. Um, I have taught all the way from pre-K up to 10th grade um, and so I've had a lot of experience so it prepared me in just in that way um, just I'm used to being around kids and I, I like um, I'm, I'm kind of used to their tendencies in a certain way um, so that did it but it is definitely totally different um, as far as you know <laughs> Your child, you're with them 24 hours a day. As a teacher, you're kind of on. You're on when you get in front of them. You got to do your teacher face. You got to kind of be strict at times. You got to be understanding. But then you you send them home, right? You open up that door and you just say, it's, it's time for you to go home to mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever it is. And, um, and you're done for the day. You go home. And as a young, young man, I just go and watch TV, chill out. Um, but now... <laughs> there, there is no <laughs> can't send them off to anybody so having kids that, that 
it makes you more vulnerable. So that's what's good about it. It makes you always, you can't be on at all times. You have to be a person. Um, you're never perfect, um, but you're always trying your best. And just, it's also the most rewarding and authentic when you really invest and be around your kids because it's tough. It's tough, especially you gentlemen know any of the fathers out there having a four and a seven-year-old with a newborn. Um, there's a so, whole a whole bunch of need out there. And it seems like everyone want dad, you know, everyone love they want mom too, but everyone, you know, you know, dad, what this, this, you're kind of trying to um, be pulled everywhere. So um, being a teacher, it's a long story short, Dr. Reed, being a teacher prepared me, but prepared me not at all, I guess. <laughs> so there's no uh handbook. When you have when you have babies, man, it's, it's kind no. of just uh, you learn as you go. <laughs> no, let me tell you a story. So I just my daughter, my daughter is a little she's a little fiery. She, I, I love her. She's the one. She looks at me, just I think it was yesterday, two days ago, and she goes, "Dad, there are three kids, and there are two parents." And I can't tell you the way she looked at me. If you would have looked at her eyes, I feel like it's like, <laughs> I feel like it's like Kobe looking at like the Atlanta Hawks or some like garbage team and being like, I got you. Like you, you have no chance now. She just, it was, she had the realization that we were outnumbered and I, I was a little scared. She, she, I was, I was like, wow, that, that's definitely true. She's four and she knew that. So, um, yeah, no playbook. Um, I'm playing behind. I'm playing defense, maybe a little offense. So, a good defense leads to a good offense. Man. That's what they always say. Right? So, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so. Go back seven years for me, man. So when you first found out you was going to be a dad for the first time, what was kind of going through your head? Your very first welcome to fatherhood moment, if you will. Um, uh, you know, it was it was excitement, um, but it was it was it was fear. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was it's so for me, I don't know if um, you two have this experience. And I don't know if the, I know there's, but I always wanted to be, a, and I know a lot of us do. I always wanted to be a father. That's really been my number one dream is to have a family. In fact, my wife knows this. I love her, but I didn't always think about marriage. I thought about fatherhood. Mm. So um, marriage has actually been something I've really had. I never had that example. So I've had to kind of adapt to that. Um, but fatherhood, fatherhood, I definitely have, but that was my dream. I became a father at um, 30. We found out we're pregnant at 29. And years leading up to that, um, full transparency was, that's what I wanted. I was trying to find that. And I just, I was ready to be a father. I wanted to make that step. And so when I had it, it was like, it was like, wow. But it was like, it was definitely excitement. And I don't know if you two can relate to this, that first that first child is like everything is brand new and it's yeah it's it's exciting and, and scary at the same time so that 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 moment was and we weren't necessarily full transparency we weren't we didn't plan for it we'll just say so we, it was something that was 
that was a, a, who, a who surprise. Does? What? Yeah, it's never planned. <laughs> no, no, very rare. You say, "I'm want to have a baby. Let's let's try to have a baby." <laughs> no, it just happens. That's right. For the most part. <laughs> so, okay, you talk- now go ahead. Uh, you're gonna say something, Mr. B. No, I was gonna I was gonna say I, I can think back to my moment, man, when I found out I was gonna have to be a dad for the first time, and um, I had some of those same feelings, man, like uh, anxious, happy, joy. You know, worry like the whole. You know, put everything in a box, man. Blend it up, man. I had all those feelings, man. At that moment, like shock. I was like, kind of shocked. Like, man, this is really happening. <laughs> did you? Did you two? And I don't know. I think you're supposed to interview me, but I'm gonna ask you a question. <laughs> did you two? Um, so I met a lot. I've met a lot of friends in my times. I call them the denial people, right? They have, especially their first child. They get pregnant. And they're like, I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna keep kind of doing what I'm doing. Um, and it and it and it completely throws them for a wrench. I was old enough where I was kind of prepared. I knew life was going to change. Um, either for you or your experience with other fathers, what are your do you have you seen that the kind of denial or did you kind of have that like I'm gonna it won't be that big of a transition. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Uh, for for me, I most definitely had that. I had did you? Yeah, he was a young yeah. man. Yeah, it didn't come until uh, the second child. <laughs> yeah, you. So, uh, like I said before, I was 23 when uh, my wife had our second child, my son, and um, that's when it hit me. Like, damn, I got to take care of these people. <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> you know, life got a, a lot, a, a lot more serious. Um, that responsibility thing kicked in uh, major. So I, I do understand what you're saying. Did you find that it was more, did you take, were you longer than your, your wife or were both of you, because you're both were young, it took a while for both of you to kick in? Oh no, she was like, soon as, I mean, before the baby was, was even here, she was right. Yeah. And so her motherly instincts kicked in real, real fast. Yeah. I mean, she always been um, responsible in certain ways you know and i had to catch up in, in a lot of different areas so. <laughs> yeah mine's is a little different my uh, my wife at the time she already had a kid before we got married so mm. i met him when he was uh almost two he was uh like one and a half so uh we kind of was already living that kind of lifestyle anyway with him okay uh, when the second one got there it just uh kind of solidified what we had to do like uh you really can't go out now. Like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, really, you gotta really bunker down because uh, it's two of them now. So, uh, I think. It, but for me, it was the first time. Like, I had a newborn, so it was it was, it was a whirlwind. Like, uh, waking up in the middle of the night, you know, you know, uh, you know, trying to make make sure that uh, she's taken care of. Like, she got her things that she needs. Uh, it, it was a lot, a lot to deal with. Uh, but I think probably like the first probably three or four months was like the toughest for me. Yeah, I would say I, I can totally understand why, you know, when you see like famous people or people, you know, and they they don't necessarily invest in that around their kids a lot. And I'm like, I can see why, because <laughs> kids take so much of your energy and they're out there trying to, you know, do their thing. And they they kind of have that denial. Plus, they have the resources to like. You know, have people come in. Really? Have but, a nanny or something. Yeah. But if you don't, 
you don't have all that stuff. You you gotta hunker down. So you will have a nanny. That's what you're saying. Would I? Yeah. Like in a perfect world, can I? We don't have one now. You, I'm saying, <laughs> if you if you could have one, would you have one? Yeah. Would you guys? <laughs> Man, like three kids this young. Um, Especially, I don't know if you, the four and seven-year-old, I mean, it's just constant. They, it's like world war over here. Like they're constantly, you never know what's going to be. Like they, and they, they don't, yeah, they just don't take like no for an answer. They don't, they just, it, it's, it's crazy. I need padded walls and stuff over here. <laughs> they just jumping all over the place, but they get, they, but man. But yeah, a nanny, yeah, I think a nanny would be nice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. B, I was just going to ask um, if you could talk about, like, your upbringing and your relationship with your father a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I grew up um, one of four. Um, I was the third. Um, and my mother is an amazing, amazing woman. She, um, all four kids, um, she has a daycare and education background. So I kind of get that from her. Um, and she, she really, she was just, she was always there when you got that person, you know, that if you're blessed to have them, that person you can always rely on. I've had that in my mom and it's been amazing. Um, unfortunately my father wasn't that way. Um, my father at his best. So he stuck around till I was 15. So I had a long time with him. Um, uh, tra full transparency, he had some mental health issues. Um, and so he was doing that. He, he didn't necessarily get invested in I don't know his full story. And I don't know if, um, you know, a lot of people can kind of relate to that um, in a manifest and I don't know how, where it was born out of, um, but it was hard for him to really be stable. He was kind of all over the place. Um, he would, and so at his best, he was incredible. He loved basketball and I was a basketball player. My older sister was a basketball player. So he was our coach um, and he was there at practice, pushing us hard. Um, he was funny and engaging, but at his worst, he was volatile, um, abusive in a lot of ways. Um, he, I, I've told some of these stories, but uh, as a basketball player, there were times where I would, I would be yelled at in the stands and I would be that I would have a stadium of people. I had people that would feel bad for me because it got it went over the line, um, and I would it would really affect me. I was, um, you know, like a teenage kid, even younger. So um, though that's at his worst, but he also of the four kids, he probably was closest to me, which was interesting. So we did a lot of things together. Um, we would go. He was he was a hands on person. So was I. I like to. I'm a science teacher and that's beginning. Like I like to build things, create things. Um, and he liked to do that. He was very artistic. He loved music. I love music. Um, but yeah, he, he would be gone sometimes. We didn't know where he went. And then um, eventually my mother kind of got the courage and said, this is it. And he, 
yeah, he, it was, my, my two older siblings were already gone. And it was just us two younger siblings in the house. And it really got bad towards the end. Um, and he just his instability. And eventually he left. And since that time, he's been kind of battling. He, he's kind of off the grid in a lot of ways. Um, but he, so that I haven't really had much contact with him in the last, I'm 37. So that would be when I was 15. So, you know, do the math, 22 years. Mm -hmm. uh how do you when you were 15 so take me back to that when he left initially like uh you know how how did you kind of deal with that how did you how did you cope with that did you have any other like mental like a uh, male like uh, role models to lean on so my community so I'll, I'll answer both so i i didn't handle it very well um i got aggressive so i I remember when I first saw it, because I saw my mother crying, um, that really got to me. And that happened beforehand, um, but I, I put holes through the wall. I was very angry. I was very angry for a long time, very angry. Um, I was in a community where generally people had a nuclear family. I'm not saying that it was always stable, but they generally had a father and a mother. And so I really couldn't turn to anybody because they didn't really understand. I don't know, it just, I felt like they were kind of like, it's one of those things too. Um, in my community, people don't really, I don't know, no one really invested in me, I guess, in the ways that I thought they should have necessarily like kind of really see, oh, I can see something's wrong. What's kind of going on? They kind of just let me go about my way. And to be honest with you, I probably wasn't, and to this day, I don't really open up in that way. And so, um, but I was, as you can imagine, as a 15 year old boy, like there's prime time, right? There's like you, you, in my estimation, you need a father. Um, and I didn't, that was, that was gone, like quick, fast in a hurry. It was gone. And, and I was stuck and nobody really understood and it manifested in a whole bunch of, uh, to be honest with you, negative behaviors um, from me going into college. The good thing was I was always, I, were, I wasn't too bad, um, but like, you know, I started getting into fights and doing things that I shouldn't. Um, that was kind of what happened. Hmm. I know um, earlier in the conversation um, when you were talking about kids and everything, you said that you and your wife didn't necessarily plan to have your first one, right? Can you talk about um, like how you met your wife and you all's relationship? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm a faith-driven man, so it's just a blessing. But we, <laughs> we so we met on a on a dating app, um, and so this is back when it started. It was. I don't care. It was Tinder. So, you know, we, swiped, we, met, we swiped right. Um, and it's the best swipe of my life. Um, and there was just an instant connection. Um, I told my brother after a couple of weeks, I think this could be the one. Um, this was before kind of unplanned. Um, so we, it moved really, really fast. I was older. She was a little bit younger. She's four, four and a half years younger than me. So, um, but yeah, it, we just we just connected from the beginning 
Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I met her. And then we, <laughs> 40, for, for 41 days later, we met, 41 days later, we were married. And we oh, were wow. we were expecting our first child, and so we um, it was it was a lot, but it was it was the best thing I've ever done. It's it's gotten to me where I'm at, and it's you know one day my son's gonna do the math and figure out oh okay oh 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 really? But um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So I have a follow up. I know that you you said that you told your brother that this might be the one. How did you know that uh, Genesis was the one? Uh, yes, I don't know. I just kind of like it just worked, you know. When you can just, my sister always told me that it's gonna when you feel it, it's gonna be easy, <laughs> which is funny to say because anyone who's married. <laughs> It's not necessarily easy, but um, but getting to know her and just hanging around, just us like just hanging out and chilling and just being around each other was just easy. It just it just fit, and I just kind of knew like this felt different than anyone I had met before, and anyone I've ever met. It just for us, we're kind of strange. We can kind of be around each other all the time, and it just kind of works. Um, I don't know. So yeah, that's how I knew it was just kind of just hanging around, just being around each other. And it just, it was fluid. It just, it just worked. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, what have you learned uh, about yourself since uh, becoming a dad? I've learned that I can, I can, I can handle a lot, um, handle more than I thought, you know, like, I also, so I I've always been a really, I work really, really hard. I've always been a person who really puts in, and as like early in my teaching profession, I loved, like I would just put in hours and hours. I loved that. I really was a calling for me. And once I became a father where I would have like three, four five hours to figure things out, I have 15 minutes, you know, or I have 30 minutes. I got to, and I can still, I can juggle all those and even be more effective, you know what I mean? Even be more efficient. Um, so that's what I've learned as being a father that I can just kind of work on the fly, like just be not so, try to, I guess the word is control things. Um, so I've learned that about myself. I've learned <laughs> that, so I've worked, in Chicago public schools. Anyone who knows Chicago public schools, I've worked on the South and West side and I love it. And it's the most, it's my favorite place to be in the, in the communities I've worked in. It's been a blessing that I've been welcomed in. Um, but at times it can be very challenging, you know, like it can be and um, and I, I've always been like, it's been my calling. It's just what I'm good at is connecting with, with young people and figuring it out. And even the most volatile situations, I could figure it out. But as a parent, I think my kids get to me more than my, And I've had some tough students. I've had some rough like students and my children, they can get to me like no one's ever been able to get to me before. And they don't know it, but in my head, I'm like, 
<laughs> man temple bursting out of my head like and that's like currently <laughs> that's like now they like like they're them within the last couple months has i've never you know they can get to me but um that's what i've learned is that i can juggle a lot but i'm also kids just make you vulnerable they'll, they'll put you in a position where like it doesn't matter how big and bad you are you know they 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 first off they need you they can get to you through your heart they can also get to you to be like you don't got everything under control you have to you know you can't always be in control of everything that's what i'm saying so in in the past we've had a lot of like deep conversations right? <laughs> <laughs> so does uh thinking back on those conversations that brings me to the next question if you had the power to shape or mold the world in any way that you could to make make it a better place for your three children, how would you do that? Yeah, we have had some deep conversations. And I, <laughs> and I love this question um, because at the essence, that's, I believe, my why I'm meant to be on this earth is to create a better, to create a better life for my children and what I can do to make a better world for everybody's children. Um, you know, we've talked about, so I happen to be in a multiracial relationship um, and, you know, especially in this country, but worldwide, you know, if it's issues of race, issues of being different, um, be it skin color, be it whatever it may be. Um, to me, if I could do anything, it would be to break down these artificial walls, to break down these artificial barriers, to break down these um, things and to actually connect and to not force people to be who you know, the dominant culture here, let's say within America, to force them to be what you want them to be. Um, what's the, the word now? Plurality, right? To really have, give people that autonomy to be who they are and to be around people that are different, to be around. And this is of all, of all people. If I, if I could do one thing would be that, I'm especially like in the city of Chicago, <laughs> you jump on the L, and you can just literally see stop by stop who is getting off the train. And it's it's pretty homogenous. It's like one people are sticking, they're this, and they get off at this stop, and they're this, and they get off, and it just it just changes. And you can just see it's just so segregated. And that by design. Yeah, I mean, that's, that. of course, it is redlining. That's by design. And so if I could break down that and give way to a utopia, <laughs> you know, a utopia of, like, a meritocracy, that would be amazing. But, I, but just the step of, like, having just people interact, to know that you don't know it all, and to also know that you are one people you know to know that you don't know it all to also know that 
you do have the ability to be anything and everything you want to be. Um, and so that's that's what I would do. Kind of uh, hopping in the DeLorean, man. Let's go to the future, man. So let's say uh, 10 years from now, you got a 17-year-old and you got a 14-year-old and a, it'll be 10-year-old. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to your kids about uh, relationships as they start to get a little older? First off, reference to the DeLorean. So <laughs> my my car in high school, my father went out and bought, he spent 600 <laughs> I was like, I wanted to get like a really nice, I wanted to get like a nice car, you know, like girls or whatever, people be able to see me. And so I'm, I'm telling my dad all these different cars I want. He comes home and he had bought a $600 car that didn't work, didn't have a rear view mirror, was a garbage. And it was a car called a Pontiac Fiero. And so what that is, is it's like a DeLorean. A DeLorean has, DeLoreans are cooler, but they, it has an uh, engine in the back. So my engine was in the back. It was a two-seater, it, and it was so small that you literally, I couldn't, and I'm 6'3", you don't bend your, your knees. Like, when you sit in it, your, yeah. your legs are straight. And that was my, my Pontiac Bureau. And the word on the street is, if it got hit on the side, it would explode. So, <laughs> shout out to uh, DeLorean. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to check it out, look up a Pontiac Fiero. It's got a weird cult following, but that's the car I had. Um, but if I could jump in the Pontiac Fiero, no, if I could jump right. in the Lauren and go to the future, you said a 17 or 14 year old, and you said, what would I tell them about relationships? Yeah. I would say, first off, I would never want to um, I would never want to, at times I feel jaded, um, at times I feel that I don't open up, um, and my wife at times will be the same. And I wouldn't want to steal that innocence. I would want them to build relationships, authentic connections with people and be open to that. If someone shows genuine love and you can feel that, first off, you don't be afraid to, to to be that way too, if it's a friend or anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to care about people. Um, unfortunately, I've been hurt in my life. So at times that can be difficult for me, um, but I would want my kids to have that um, in relationship. Um, if it's a significant other, 14 to 17, I don't know, it's a little, <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe I'm a little traditional. I would be, so my daughter, <laughs> 14. <laughs> I, I think I got to put the kibosh on that. Um, <laughs> but so I don't know if I'd be ready for that. Maybe put 10 years on it. <laughs> Some more years. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe 20, 30 more years. You know, 30, 30, 40 years old. Um, but no, I, you know, like, yeah, so I would be, I don't know, Dr. Rahim, your kids are a little older. Maybe this is just my, I'm not educated. It seems darker now in some ways. Like it seems with the internet and like you have, you have to be, you have to educate your kids more on what is out there. And so unfortunately I would wanna not take their innocence but I also want them to be prepared. Mm -hmm. um, I would want them to 
be confident in who they are. My kids are multiracial. My wife is black. I am white. And that I think they're going to navigate the world. I think there's more multiracial kids out there. A lot more. There's tons of obviously um, examples for them. But I also know that they still won't represent the majority. They're still going to navigate the world in their own unique way. And I think that may pose problems. I think it also will be a greater catalyst for them. Like, I think, I think they're going to have a different life than my wife and I. Um, so I think they'll probably be able to educate me in a lot of ways of what it's like. But as far as like a relationship, yeah, I think just to be open, to put yourself out there, to take risks, but to also be careful, not stupid. And also, I'm Dr. Rahim and I, we're, I don't know, Sir Royce, we're kind of like the old man yelling at clouds. Like, we, <laughs> we're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I want my kids on social media until 18. Um, I know, I don't know if that's even possible. I, I would really not want them to have a phone, but my kids on my phones now, so I don't know how to stop that. Um, but I want them to have person to person relationships. Um, I want them to actually be on, if it's sports teams, um, after school clubs, interacting with teachers, interacting with adults, church, actually being out there, person to person, connecting, um, overcoming things, like being challenged, if it's on a sports team, being challenged, if it's camping, um, they got to figure stuff out, if it's whatever it may be, if it's traveling. So, um, yeah, to take, so long story short, to be open, to also be weary, but to take chances and take risks. So that's what I tell So if, if your son or your daughter came to you and was like, dad, I just met, you know, this, uh, this person uh, and I feel like they're the one and <laughs> I think I'm going to marry them. And, uh, <laughs> and, but I, I met this person 45, uh, what'd you say? 45, 41, 41 days, uh, 41 days, <laughs> 41 days ago. What, what would you tell them? Absolutely not. <laughs> Man, I'm, putting... <laughs> yeah, my, my family didn't handle it the best way. And I can totally understand why. Um, yeah, <laughs> if that happened, well, I would have experience, but I, 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 I hate to say it, especially with a daughter. I feel like I now have two daughters. And I had a friend and I remember his father, um, the, he, he, was, he was the man, you know, he's the um, husband or the groom. And his wife, now wife, and the father was having a hard time. And I was like, wow. And, but now I totally get it. Like it... I think that would be really difficult. But yeah, after 40, I mean, I'd be, okay. I think it'd be tough too, like age-wise. Like, I think I, I would, it would be, I would let them do it. Like, I don't feel like I'm not going to be, I'm hopeful that I cannot be a, a judgmental parent. How hopefully I can give them the space to make their own mistakes as much as that may hurt. You know, I, I, I hope that I can give them the space to, to do things it, like I will. And I'm, I really hope that I can, you know, but 
I don't know, Dr. Rahim, what would you, <laughs> you, if you're, they're like at 20, uh, man, this is, this is happening. What do you, how are you feeling about that? Uh, I was, I was, I was 20 when I met my wife and right. 21 when I got married. Um, I don't know, man. I wouldn't recommend, <laughs> you know, doing that, following my path in, in that area, being so young. And cause it is, it, it's kind of like a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I can't be like, you know, don't do it because I did it and things, t- things seem to be working out okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you got this nice painting over here. I mean, it, it seems like it's working out real nice. <laughs> so do as I say, not as I do or did. Not as I did. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a tough one, man. I don't know. I think I would have to meet the person and then like decide or then like give advice based on how I perceive the person. Man, that's still tough though, because you don't really know that person. Like that person is showing you their best self. Like when you first meet yeah, them. You know that's saying? true. That's true. Too. Don't you think too, like I was just thinking in my mind, like it's difficult because don't you think some of your quote unquote biggest maybe mistakes or things that are really what led to the best things in your life? You know what I mean? Like, because I was thinking to myself, like everybody as a father, you want what's best, right? And you want them to go about life and that it's it's going to, you know, they make the right decisions. But it's first off, it's not realistic. Second off, like I just said, if I really want them to take chances, if they take chances, <laughs> they're going to really make some, they're bound to make some real mistakes. Yeah. And are, but are they actually mistakes? So they're not. They're not. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. How did your mom take that news when you told her that uh, he's about to get married after 41 days? <laughs> so I, I didn't tell my family right away. <laughs> I told them about my kid um, that was pregnant, but we took a little while to say. <laughs> so when we eventually told them, um, it was, it, it was, it was the difficult, it was difficult to like, so much happened so fast. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, I think everyone, I'm eight years in, three kids in, but think, I mean, that's, that's not a lot of time at all. It's still relatively new, you know what I mean? And so like, I think, and I'm different than the rest of my family. I do things different and I pride myself in trying to be as uncomfortable as I can be and like put myself in positions where I can continue to grow and learn. And with that, um, I, you know, your, your family, they look at you, at least mine does, they look at you and it, I truly believe it comes from a place of protection, right? They want you to be you're okay. Like they want you to be in a position and they can only use what they know to, to hope that you are. And they, but you, you can't, 
you have to live the life that you want to live. And no matter what they assume or how they feel, they, you, you have to, because they're going to have that feeling. They, they don't want you to jump into the pool. They don't want you to, to fail. But if, if you want to put, you know, if you want to really take risks, if you really want to do the, you know, live a fulfilled life in my eyes, um, you just have to go for it. So long story short, um, I think my family is still grappling with the fact of like the, my life, the acceleration of my life into being married, having three kids. Um, I live on the South side of Chicago. I love it. And so that whole entire thing is, yeah, that's where we're at. That's awesome. So not only, not only are you married to a black woman, you married to an entrepreneur. That's right. So can you talk about those dynamics, how being the, the entrepreneur weighs into um, you all's relationship and um, your parenting? <laughs> yeah, my wife, so she has challenged me in ways that I've never been challenged before. Um, both, both, boach, boach, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> both, um, you know, in, like both culturally, growing up, I grew up in a predominantly white um, um, community as well as my family. And so that has been really, and then I taught in Chicago public schools, but to, once I married her, that's where my real education began, um, to be honest with you, to really realize like, um, to really start to understand different people different cultures, the way people live, the way they think. And um, so, yeah, so that's, so entrepreneur, just by, just by being who she is, she was like born an entrepreneur because she had the odds against her and her, and her father. So to see her navigate the world has really been an amazing, challenging at times, um, been, you know, challenge who I am, challenge who I really feel, challenge the decisions I've made in my past. So, um, and it's made me a better man and I'm just blessed to continue to be challenged. You know what I mean? Like to continue to be challenged. Um, and I and I live in that type of relationship and I currently, I actually thrive. I don't know, if, but yeah, so her entrepreneurship extends, that's like, that's just a word. Her DNA is like, if you call it entrepreneurship, but she's just that way. When she approaches life, she approaches it in how she never, how can I create my path? She never tries to take a path that is there and that can be tough. You know what I mean? Like I was part of the business. Um, she is, Lorenzo's Frozen Pudding is her, is her business. Um, she's doing fantastic and she, um, I joined the business for a while, and that also was just an amazing learning curve to see what it really takes to create, to innovate, to really, because teachers are generally traditional, right? Teachers, they go to school, they get their education, they teach, they live a traditional life, they get married, they do the whole thing. They, they, they tend to go, they're very traditional. Entrepreneurs are everything but traditional. Um, a lot of them, like they try to figure out they like I said they go against the grain and so you know 
from the smallest things of like ordering food, <laughs> she like, for me, I order something and I'm good. She has to like, think, look at it, how she wants it created, how she's going to tailor it in the way that she wants to be tailored. And she really is always creating, which is, and it's exhausting at times, <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just be okay. But then again, um, I told her this maybe a month or two ago. Um, if I'm honest with you, I don't know if I really ever gave myself the permission to like really dream, to really think I can go out there and like, I got, I am now, I just left, I was a school administrator. I was a principal of a school. I'm now in a, now a new leadership role. Um, I went to school, I got my principal endorsement. I'm going to get my doctorate. Um, I want to create things, um, experiences for students within the educational landscape and potentially outside if it's higher ed, if it's um, something else. And I never even thought that way at all before I met Genesis. I was, you know, I'm going to be a teacher and that's what I'm going to do. Um, so she's challenged me in that way. Um, but she also... Okay. Yeah, lose my train of, train of thought. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting because it's not a it's not a stable life. <laughs> it's a it's a high and low life, but it's you got to stay consistent, right? And that can be difficult. Um, you guys are doing it now with Welcome to Fatherhood. Um, all the entrepreneurs out there, um, everybody creating. You know, it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of courage and bravery to continue down the path and to believe in yourself when it's so easy not to to just fall in to just say i'm going to go ahead and get that job or i'm going to do what i got to do um and so um i give it up to her and she's taught me um but yeah it's continued like our lifestyle we love it we're okay because we're continued challenge but it's not you know it's not always, you know, she's got this stable corporate or, you know, whatever job and I've got my teaching job and we just kind of live in life and we, we doing, you know, college, marriage, white picket fence, go on, build that retirement whole thing. No, we, she's out here hustling and doing what she has to do and growing her business. And I'm in some ways trying to do it myself within education. So, yeah. So, yeah. Which one of your kids is uh, most like you, if you had to pick? I know you're the newborn, you don't know yet, but out of the, the four-year-old or the seven-year-old, which one is uh, most like Mr. B? <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say, probably say my son. Uh, like, I am goofy by nature. Like, I'm just, a, um, I'm tall and lanky and, and kind of goofy, and I like to have fun and like it. And so he, he has that spirit with, as me, like, um, I never try to be the coolest guy in the room, right? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine being a nerdy science teacher. Like, kids think they get they're making fun of me by calling me Bill Nye. No, like, I'll take on the Bill Nye anytime. Um, and, um, but yeah, he, he has, he, he has a, a love, you know, just kind of a, 
a real beautiful spirit. He has a real curious spirit. And that's kind of how I am too. He really tries to figure things out. Um, and he, he just, people, you know, he, he makes friends and, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great kid. So I guess he liked me, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> my daughter is more like my wife and she, she has, man, she has some, some gifts. She played soccer for the first, she scored like five straight goals. It got to a point, <laughs> it got to a point where the other parents were like, who's, who, whose child is that? And I'm like, me, <laughs> like she has that um, kind of more fierce. And then we'll see number three. Um, that's the cool thing about being a father, right? Is they, they're each unique and you don't know, like, at least how I feel, I feel just blessed that I even get to be their father. Cause you get to just see them grow up. You get a first, first row seat to see who they're going to be. Um, and they just, they're going to turn in, they've got their own destiny. They're going to turn into who they are, their personalities, who they are, what they like. And that's, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. so yeah my son i would say like before um i guess i want to say congratulations to you all i saw the post um it was about uh Lollapalooza this past weekend and how um like the, the pudding sold out she sold out so and, that- I, and i was the one who brought all the boxes in that's that's another problem of being an entrepreneur's wife is when nobody else can do something guess who's got to do it (laughs) me um every single time no it's it's but i was the one who came in and um it was a whole eight foot freezer plus a whole entire enormous freezer um that Lollapalooza, and it was stat like and she sold out she sold out so yeah um um sorry did you have a what was your question Oh no, um, I just wanted to congratulate you all, but oh, okay. since uh, we on the question, <laughs> did you all get to like uh, enjoy it or get to look at, see, it any, see any acts or anything? So I didn't do it at all. I was daddy duty. Okay. okay. So I was daddy duty um, the whole time. Um, and so I had the, the three kids. That was my job. Um, and so she, she was out there, she assembled a team, she got volunteers, she did the whole thing. Um, so I didn't get to see any. She was impressed by Willow Smith though. Will Smith's daughter, she thought she okay. was pretty good, but I didn't see anything. So that's, that's uh, but yeah, I think she'll definitely be back next year. And it was, it was a really cool moment for, for her and for her business as she continues to grow. So David, I asked you a question before we uh, got on the call and um, gave me an answer. We've kind of been talking about it since we've been on the call, but I just kind of want to read it, read it to the people. Uh, the question was, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And uh, David, you said, it's my calling and purpose on this earth. Real short, real sweet. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more about that, especially having, after having a new addition to your family? Like, uh, like how do you feel about that uh, that purpose and that calling now? Yeah, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how anybody, what happens in my life. Like I just said from a little while ago, I am blessed with this opportunity with these three kids um, that are my actual blood, that they're my, my children. And 
it is, I mean, people say it all the time, but it is the greatest gift. Um, no matter what happens, I'm God willing, you know, like I'm just, I'm going to have them in it. And it makes everything worth it. Like Dr. Rahim sees me, like, I'm like, people think I'm crazy. I'm like a 345, 330, wake up in the morning type. Like, um, I'm crazy um, trying to get stuff done, and but it's all worth it. Like, to little things, I just hope, you know, I, I make lunches. I'm, I'm not too big for anything. Um, I'm not one of those fathers that, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I will do anything and everything. Um, you know, I'll do a, a tea party, dance party. I'll do, you know, I'll do uh, every diaper. I'll burp the baby, feed the baby. I'll stay up late if necessary. Um, I'll make the lunches. I'll go to the functions. Um, I just want to be there. And I don't care, you know, that, like, that's just, and that's, that's my purpose. Um, and I get, and I get to do that every day. And that's just real cool. It's real cool. Um, and I, I don't know if this is coming, you know, to an end. I appreciate this conversation, but I want to congratulate you two, or I want to, you know, tip my hat to you. Um, I had the opportunity to meet you through my wife because you reached out to her and kind of what she's done with her father and creating her business. But um, this organization, Welcome to Fatherhood, man, um, what an amazing, amazing cause idea. Um, I know it's a calling for you all, but just I've had firsthand opportunity to talk with you, Dr. Arim, even more about this and just to, for you guys to continue to want to create this and to continue to want to invest in fathers. Um, because, yeah, the world wants you to, I don't know, they kind of want us not to be. Yeah. You know, they don't want us, you know, you don't see shows anymore where people are married. You don't see shows where fathers are investing. It's all about drama. You don't see things on social media about, I mean, you will, but like, like I said, get off social media. Just literally a father just waking up, hanging out and going to the park. That Just that simple act of like a day-to-day -day and doing it day after day after day. And for you to be... Um, to invest in fathers and to you to give the platform to them to talk and to talk what they're going through and all the pitfalls. Cause it's not easy. It is not easy. Um, and so um, I give it up to you all. I tip my hat to you gentlemen um, and anything that I can do for you all, any assistance, um, I want to be a part of what you continue to do moving forward. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate the kind words. <laughs> <laughs> Pat on the back to some fathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I don't have any more questions. Uh, I just want to thank you for for uh, being a part of this. I know we said before it's a long time coming, but it, it was well worth the wait, man. It's been a great uh, interview. You're a natural. <laughs> yeah, I actually have one more question for you, David. Um, if you had to give advice to any dad that might be listening right now, what would that advice be? Just don't be, don't be afraid to be present. Even if you feel like you made mistakes, even if you feel like 
like even if this is difficult even if you feel like your kids are driving you crazy or whatever if you don't have feel like you've got all the answers um for you to just be as present as you can be with them because no matter what um if you can be a positive influence if you can continue to invest in your child and just be around them because as a person who didn't necessarily always have that opportunity to have a father around them um and to know what i felt at those times and to now <laughs> my wife and i talking about we didn't necessarily have like you know we had challenges and i feel like my kids have got more investment i'm interested to see how their life is different than mine to really have a father and so long story short i would just be just be there just be present be the best that you can be and that's all your kids want is just for you to be your best that doesn't mean that you always are perfect that just means that you are doing your best um that you are just you're there you're there for your kid if you if if it's a call to be around them to whatever you can do to just be your best so to be present that's great yeah i always say when we get that answer that's the number one answer we get like uh, we interview over like 70 dads so far but well, 70 interviews have been out but we, we interview more but that's the number one answer right there be present be yeah there. not just be there but be present while you're there yeah you know because uh, they're only kids for a certain amount of time like my daughter is five now and you know i don't know where those five years went man it's, it's, it's a blur <laughs> yeah it is so crazy that you like 18 years so when you're growing up, it seems like forever, like a year, you know, like time, but 18 years is just not a lot of time, but it literally is the complete foundation of your child. <laughs> and you don't have every, you know, you don't get to say and all that you, you, you are an important part of that, but it's crazy that, yeah, like that 18 years, man, I don't, Dr. Raheem, your kids are getting older. I, I'm, it does fly by. My son is about seven. <laughs> yeah, it does. My oldest daughter is uh, she just turned seventeen last oh, month. My gosh, she she's about to be eighteen. And um, yeah, that time it does it does go in the snap. So, man, and you're probably thinking it's so crazy because you do you ever think about the times? I mean, you probably are like, wow, that was tough. But do you really even think about the times you were really stressing out? Um, you know what I mean? Like, do you harbor on those? Oh man, uh, this is really tough. Or are you like, yeah, those, those are beautiful times. You know, like I really. Yeah. Um, actually it's like how we were talking about earlier, as far as like mistakes. And so like <clears throat> you could put mistakes and <clears throat> excuse me. You put mistakes in like difficult times in the same category, kind of. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're able to, um, I guess, outlast it or outlast those feelings of the difficult time, then you'll be able to develop, well, at least I do, uh, develop an understanding of why you went through that or mm -hmm. you went through that to open this door, you know, things like that. Um, and that's been happening a lot. So, like, um, just a lot of things in my past have, I'm looking back on them and it was like, oh, you know, that happened, so this could happen. Right. And it sl slowly starts to all make sense, but you have to be able to to survive, well, 
not survive. Well, yeah, survive and outlast or, you know, develop understanding around the difficult time or the, you know, the mistake in order to like really learn and reap the benefits of the mistake. So. Perseverance leads to perspective. Yeah, exactly. No, I've never heard that one before. Steal that. <laughs> More that. nuggets. More yeah, nuggets. You know, teachers, you gotta kids have an attention span of about five seconds. So you gotta condense a sentence into three words. So I like that one. Yeah, so uh, safe to say, man, we're gonna, we're gonna add this one to the Hall of Fame too. Uh you agree, Dr. Young. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got the Hall of Fame, huh? Got the Hall of Fame going, man. We, we got two stadiums now with Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame jerseys hanging in the rafters, man. So <laughs> if you had to pick yeah. your jersey number, man, what was your what was your number, man? 34. 34. That's what my basketball number was, 34. Um, nice. So Shaq. It's not like I – well, Shaq was eventually 30. Well, what was, was he? It, uh, he was 32. Hakeem? No, he was 32, and then he was 33. Hakeem Olajuwon was 34. Hakeem was 34. I got the same. Yeah, Hakeem the Dream. Yeah. Um, like I felt like when I was speaking of basketball number, like 23 was hollow ground, right? I can't do 23. And then I was like, 34 seems like a pretty good number. So, and then it's just stuck with me. So 34 is my number. Um, Hall of Fame though, huh? Hall of Fame, yeah. You're gonna have my head big. <laughs> and then I'm about to walk in this other room right now. And then it's gonna be our pop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, enjoy, man. Take at least a minute to sit there with the big head, man. Enjoy it for a second, man. You deserve it, bro. I just, but I just watched a Derry Jeter has like a, a documentary out, and his father. I like this quote. His father told him, "He goes, if your head's ever too big to walk through that door, you're not welcome here." Mm. And he was like, "I don't care who you are. I'm gonna take you down." Like, so I, I like because you know, like, like I told you, we have ups and downs. And we got to like stay consistent and like we can never get too high, too low. We just got to think, you know, thank God where we're at. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm take the Hall of Fame. 34, man. It's in the 34. Rap, there you go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, thanks again, man. This has been great, man. I really appreciate thank you taking you. the time out to, to be with us, man, and do this with us, man. It's been great. I appreciate you, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do it again sometime. Ah, uh, for sure. So, but don't hang up, man. We're gonna have like a little slight, little cool down, you know, okay. before we drop. But uh, for myself, Sir Royce Brialis, for my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young, and also for our special guest, David Insavenga. Get his name right. Say it right. <laughs> Respect on that name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Welcome to Father Interviews, and stay tuned for further announcements.